How many of you believe that God in us is more than just breath? God in us is a dream. God in us wants to manifest. You cannot have God in you and nothing ever manifest out of your life. God doesn't live in you never to reveal himself. He wants to come out of you. And big or small, doesn't matter where you are. And by the way, pastor, you have one of the best pastors that can explain to you the, the, the apostolic prophetic. So good. You really need to thank the Lord for him. He really has great understanding of those things. So I want to talk to you about the battle dream in you because many times when God gives you a dream, now a dream can come uh, in many ways. You can have a dream um, and you, or you can have a vision. Or, uh, but when, when God gives you something like that, most of the time a process just began, a process you can never stop. And um, I'm standing in front of you as... Uh, a young man that was called by the Lord when I was about 18 years old and uh, had certain encounters with the Lord and visions and glimpses and dreams. And, and, and there was times that you wonder what's going on with me and what is this that God is doing with me. Today when I look back, I realize one thing. It was a dream, but there came a time that the dream became a battle. And I want to talk about that. Now, let me say a few things before we go into Mark chapter 14. We're going to minister from Mark 14 and. You can go there if you want to, but it's going to come a little bit later. Number one, uh, Jesus carried the dream of his heavenly Father to save humanity. How many of you realize that uh, our heavenly Father dreamt how to rescue humanity and, and uh, somebody had to carry that dream, and Jesus was the one who carried that dream of his Father to save humanity. To conquer the world outside of you, you must first learn how to conquer the world inside of you. Long before you're going to make a dent into the world outside of you, you must first make a dent into what's going on here in you. What, what is this thing working in me? All breakthrough people will tell you of a battle that they had. I'm talking to the church and I'm talking to people that that is interested to be used by God. And, and, and you don't need to be in the fivefold ministry to be used by God. Pastor just said tonight, somebody can sit there and come over here and deliver a prophetic word. We love it when these gifts are functional amongst the pews. So the battle of the cross, how many of you realize the cross was a battle? It was a battle. Now, the battle of the cross were inside of Jesus long before he died on the cross. I'm not exactly sure when that battle in him began, but I will say something about it a little bit later. The crucifixion were the final manifestation of the battle that were in Jesus for many, many years. The crucifixion was just the end of the whole battle. That was not the beginning of the battle. The pain did not start three days before he was crucified. The pain of the crucifixion started in Jesus long before that day, I promise you. Um, so the crucifixion was just a final manifestation. Many times our dreams as an incredible result, but the battle in us uh, will haunt us long before it becomes a benefit for somebody else. When you think of Joseph, Joseph had a dream that he will be prime minister in Egypt. His father Jacob was a dreamer, and he, and he spoke to his father Jacob and said, I have this dream. And, um, 
So, and that was a godly dream because Joseph became the prime minister of Egypt. Egypt speaks of the world. But then Joseph made a mistake, and sometimes not a mistake, but we can see it as a mistake, but sometimes it's a godly one. He tells his own brothers about the dream and what had happened. The moment he told his brothers about the dream, his dream became a battle. The moment he told his brothers the dream, the battle began. Now, we know the story of Joseph, and we're not going to go into that because they took, his, they took Joseph and put him into a pit. Uh, pit stands for prophet in training. And um, so now he sits in the pit. It's dark. It's lonely uh, just because he had a dream. Now, we will not go into that. And then he went to Potiphar's house. So prophetic dream, pit, Potiphar's house, three Ps. Potiphar's house, she told lies about him. She fabricated a lot of lies about him. And we can, we can spend a whole half an hour just on that. From Potiphar's house, he went to the prison, P number four. Now he sits in the prison. In the meantime, many, many years go by. But Pitt, Potiphar's house, prison, three negative seasons in a row just because of a dream. It's all the dream's fault. Come on, blame it on the dream. Because if he had not had the dream and had not opened his mouth, he would not have had a battle. That's one thing I've learned late in my ministry or later. <laughs> uh, I was very happy the first few years of ministry, but then when this thing started working in me, I realized, oh my goodness, this is not just blowing hot air from a pulpit. This is more than just that. So then uh, you know the story how he was appointed by uh, the uh, Pharaoh, and he became the prime minister of Egypt. That is, um, now he's in the palace. That's P number five. And then he became a provider of bread, P number six, to his own brothers. He threw him in the pit. That's just the journey of Joseph. Who, and, and, and I don't know, I, many, many years went by that he was just in the battle. Let's talk about a, little, a little bit about a pregnant woman. How many of you have ever seen a pregnant woman um, in your life? Three, four, five. You guys need to get busy here because some people here has never seen a pregnant woman. When I see a pregnant woman, I always feel sorry for her. Especially when she hits six months, seven months, I always feel like if I get that guy into my hands, I'll send him to heaven. You know, when you look at a woman that is pregnant seven, eight months, she's uneasy, she's, uh, she has... Uh, She's happy to be pregnant, but she's in a battle because she carries a dream child. That child is a dream child. Before mom and dad have a child, you normally dream about the child. Some people do not dream about children, but then you have people like Jojo and others that say, I will take somebody else's and make it my dream. Amen? That's a good idea. If you can do it to a year, Brother Jojo, we will really salute you. After 10 years, you're going to have to 20 plus what you have now. So go ahead. Do it, my brother. Amen. <laughs> I'm so glad God gave that word to you. It's going to be a heavy battle on you, brother. <laughs> it's already a battle. <laughs> he has six dreams, I believe, six battle dreams in his house. Amen. Apart from his wife. So uh, uh, I didn't say she's a battle. I just say dreams, okay? Let me rather go get away from Jojo because um, you can get in trouble there. Now, 
when that woman gives birth to that child and, and, and that child is out of the womb, the battle is over, and immediately she embraced that child. So, so even a pregnant woman carries that dream. Now, let me, let me talk a little bit about Jesus, back to Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God. He carried the dream for humanity, and uh, we noticed that for 30 years he was on the earth, and well, actually 33 and a half years, but um, let's, let's just give you a little bit of another kind of word here, and I'm not going to confuse you. I don't want to make it too deep. Uh, the word word means seed, but the word word also means image. And the word image specifically has a, th a threefold meaning. Listen very closely, and you, you're going to get this. The word image has a threefold meaning. The first meaning of the word image is imprint of something. Uh, the second meaning of the word image is representation of something. Now listen to what I say, of something. The third meaning of the word image is manifestation of something. You cannot change it. Uh, the image has a threefold meaning, and the threefold meaning, when you describe it in that order, is the meaning of the word image. You cannot change one bit of it. You cannot even change the seasons. So when Jesus became, uh, was born, he was an imprint of something. No. He was an imprint of someone. Yes. He was an imprint of the Father. What is an imprint? An imprint is a little baby that's two, three, four, five years old, and all a baby can do is goo and poo-poo, and that's all they can do. But you know what? You never hold that against that child because there's potential in that child. Jesus, when he was that age, he was an imprint of the Father. He was already the resurrection and the life. He was already the blind eye healer. He was already all the he was already the miracle worker, but you did not see it. Now, even when you receive a word from God, especially one that's over your destiny, uh, there's a difference between a word that comes to your destiny and a word that comes to your crisis. A word of your destiny normally have three seasons: imprint, representation, manifestation. When Jesus was about 12, 13 years old, all of a sudden they find him in the temple, and they realize, but he is very interested, he's very smart, and he, he, he knows scripture, uh, scriptures, he knows the scriptures, and it was all about the temple. Why was he all about the temple? Because there was something significant about him. Still, he did not heal anybody, no resurrection, nothing. But somewhere in his teenage years, Jesus became all of a sudden very interested in the temple, and, and they found him there all the time. When Jesus became 30 years old, something else happened. The moment he became 30 years old, he stepped out of the representation season, and he stepped right into the manifestation season of why he came to the earth. Come on. In, when he was a baby, he was in the imprint season. When he's in his teenage years, he was, and I'm not going to say more about these three seasons because every season is actually has, a, you can always write a book on every season. And you will always, you will also find these three groupings of people in every church. But the moment he went through his teenage years, he, when he was 29 years, uh, 11 months, and 10 days old, he was still in the representation season. But he was a few days away from stepping into the manifestation season. And once he was into the manifestation season, he could not reverse back into the representation season. Now, what am I saying here to you? I want to make a statement here. 
When Jesus was 30 years old, for three and a half years, all of a sudden miracles happened on the earth, resurrect, people resurrected from the dead, blind eyes opened, incredible. So many miracles that the books of the world could not contain it. But I want to go back to the representation season. Let's say Jesus was 12 years old. He's the Son of God. He's 12 years old. He's the resurrection and the life. He's 12 years old. He's in the temple. What's going on? Somewhere there, maybe when he was 10, I don't know, maybe when he was 9, you, you, you will be pretty surprised what happened in children's lives at a very young age. They have the Spirit in them. But somewhere around there, there was a moment, everybody say a moment, that Jesus had a download. Have you ever heard about somebody that say, my computer is in the middle of a download, don't touch it? Now, many times in the Holy Spirit, I also have a download. When I have a download of the Holy Ghost, I get a lot of revelation just like this within seconds, and I understand. Two weeks ago, I was on a call, and I saw an old tanker in the Spirit. The Lord showed me an old tanker. Phenomenal word. I shared it with the leaders. I said, you better stop now. I've got a word from God. God is showing me an old tanker, and it had to do with prayer, this thing. And I will probably share it down in the upper room. And, and, and what I saw with the old tanker, many, many other ships, and what was written on the ships and the open ocean and so forth. So when you have a download like that, you know you just got something from heaven. Now, there must have been a moment that Jesus had a download. Everybody say download. What was the download? The download was when the download came, he came to the conclusion, I am the Son of God. I am here to die for the sins of man, and there is a cross waiting on me. And the moment he had the download, the battle began. Come on. Can you see what I'm talking about? I'm talking about people tonight that says, I'm not here just to hear a sermon. I want to download, and even if it brings a battle in me, it's a good battle. When God gives you something heavenly, and a battle in your start, it's not a bad battle. It's always good. This thing about the upper room was a download in me in December 2009. Uh, I tried to get out of it many, many times. But once you had the download, you cannot get an offload. Or you cannot get an outload. You, you cannot get rid of it. That's why we need more people these days that have, need downloads from heaven that will transform their lives and their lives will start to benefit other people all around them. Come on. So the moment Jesus had a download, a battle began in him. And I believe that he carried that battle until that battle became very intense. And then salvation came to humanity. Isn't that powerful? Now, in Mark chapter 14, we have this dreamer, Jesus Christ, sitting in the house of a leper. And here this dreamer is now... At the end of three and a half years on the earth, he's now about 33 and a half years old, and the cross of Calvary is literally two, three days away from him. Here we have the dreamer. Come on, church, I want you to see the picture. And uh, when the Lord started dealing with me about this, it was so powerful, and I hope this means something to you. Now, remember this, church. God can give you a dream for a business. God can give you a dream for many, many things, not only to be a pastor or a prophet or an evangelist. But whatever dream God gives you, uh, uh, Randy, 
let the battle begin. Shane, let the battle begin. Amen? Uh, let the battle begin in you, Jojo. Brent, dream big. You say, well, I, I don't have it up here. No, it's not what you have up here. The dream is going to sit right here. Come on. I know many people that has brain power, but they do not have dream power. But I've seen people that have dream power, they will change the world. Come on, and I'm serious about that statement. I don't make it to make somebody feel good that, that has a bad self-image. I'm telling you, it's normally the people that can dream and hear the voice of God and get a heavenly download that will outshine other people that is pretty, that is pretty smart, but, but they don't have a dream. And um, so here we have Jesus. He's in the house, and when you read it, verse 1, you will see how they planned to murder him, and there was all kind of bad people in that house, and, and, and they had all kind of double agendas, uh, wanted to kill Jesus. And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, verse 3, he sat at the table, and a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil, and she broke the flask and poured it out on his head. So here we have a woman. She comes out of nowhere, and she has a flask of oil, and she breaks it on Jesus. Now, number one, that flask of oil was very, very expensive. I have so much information here that I, that I don't know what I, what I should share or what I should just leave, leave out. But number one, the oil was extremely expensive. Now, when you sow $5, you don't battle. But when you sow almost your whole ret retirement, you're going to have a battle about that. Come on. When she, when, when she felt an urge to sow that whole uh, retirement fund, that oil, it was that expensive. On Jesus, before she released that, that was a dream. A dream in her, but it was a battle. It must have been a battle. Because she decided, I'm going to throw all this oil on Jesus, uh, and I want to celebrate the greatest dreamer the world has ever seen. Now, I'm going to talk about dreamers, but I'm also going to talk about oil throwers. Come on. There's dreamers, but we need some oil throwers. Because the oil throwers is just important as the dreamers. Amen? Thank you for your excitement. It, it really inspired me to go deeper now, Okay. So uh, the more you react, the, the longer we're going to stay. So be careful. So, <laughs> um, so when, when, when she came in and she, to break that oil on Jesus, Jesus realized that somebody discerned who he is. Come on. We need dreamers, but we also need discerners who discern who is the dreamers. If your brother has a dream, don't feel inferior because he has the dream. Because in the context of this word, you're going to find out that all thrower was just as important as that dreamer. Well, not just as important, but very, very, very important. So uh, she came and she, she poured the oil in verse 4, and they, then the people said the oil is wasted. Now, I don't want to talk about the word waste because uh, where does the oil come from? The oil comes from uh, many, many plants that has been wasted in the true sense of the word. But you, you cannot have a fragrance unless you have waste involved. Amen. And sometimes God will cause waste in your life so that you can get fragrance out of your life. I'm not, if, you, if you look at the process and how they make f perfumes and all of that, you will see there's a lot of plants that becomes waste and, uh, and so forth. So, uh, and then they said, well, it could have been sold and the money could have been given to the poor. Now, yes, they, they could have given it to the poor. And again, the people who said, well, you could have given the money to the poor, it was not really their money that's involved. And, and, and I want to make a statement. There's always people that has a lot to say 
But other people give when their money's not involved. I'm not talking about this church. I'm talking about other churches. That's why I love to come here and tell you how bad it is in other churches. Stay in this one. It's a good one. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I just got you. So, so, um, so here we have this woman, and then Jesus stood up in verse 6, and Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. For you have the poor always with you. But, and then Jesus said something powerful. He said, but me you do not have always. And then Jesus make another statement there. He says, she has come beforehand to anoint me for burial. So now Jesus talks about his burial. So Jesus is actually saying, she came beforehand. I want to say this. She came prophetically. Come on. We need more people that will act beforehand than people that act too late. Come on. It's one thing to throw your oil on Jesus when he hang on the cross and say, oh, yeah, he's the son of God, or when he came out of the tomb. Anybody's willing to throw oil and money when he came out of the tomb, but it's not everybody that was willing to throw oil when he has not proved to them yet that he's going to come out of dead. He's going to be resurrected. But you know what? She discerned. And I want to say to you, that's why I have such respect for pastors. Uh, even your pastor, I, I spoke with him a few weeks ago about this upper room thing, and, 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 um, and I, I discussed a certain thing with him. And, and what happened? When I speak to leaders that, that immediately catch the vision and say, hey, I want to do something about this thing and throw oil in the form of financial support, do you know how, how much that means to me when I find leaders that does not act too late but act beforehand? You know, somebody can come this week and say, well, man, this is a great success. I want to sow into this. Too late. Why did you not sow when we needed you and we had to believe God for this breakthrough? Now, thank God for late money, but we love money that comes ahead of time, Brother uh, Shane. So, and, and you still have time to do something, okay, so it's not too late yet. I'm just teasing you, but I'm serious. <laughs> just when he thought I gave him a release, I just gave him a little... Amen? So here we have Jesus. He's the greatest dreamer of all times. And, um, and here we have a woman, and she throw oil on Jesus. Now, church, we can talk about the oil. We can talk about the fragrance. We can talk about the garment that he had on. We can talk about how that oil went into the garment. We can talk about how they had a lottery over the garment. We can talk about where that garment went that night, who won the lottery. And we can talk about what happened when that gentleman brought that garment into the house and how they smelled the fragrance. Come on, church. Now, the, the oil is also a type of worship. So her worship was sitting on that garment, and her worship was on that garment and went to a certain house, and so her worship was smelt in a, in a certain house. There's so many prophetic value into this. But let's focus on Jesus here because he's the, he's the dream carrier, and Jesus is now in trouble. I've been in Israel this year. I've been in Gethsemane. I saw what it looked like. I saw where they had the, 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 the final meal together. Um, I, I, I saw everything, and this whole thing just lit up in my spirit when I saw that, and the Lord said to me, that's the greatest dreamer, and there is the whole world. That's where he, that's where he ascended into heaven. That's where he's going to come back, and that's where he's going to rule. The two spots, you can basically stand like this and see the, see the, you can see the whole history in front of your two eyes. It's amazing. It's amazing. So here we have Jesus and um, then Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. 
And then Jesus said, verse 8, she has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. And then he says, assuredly, assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in this whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial. Now Jesus is saying, uh, I'm going to die on a cross. I carry the dream for humanity. But this woman will have a memorial. Wow. How do you get a memorial? To throw oil. Now, how do you throw oil? You know, when I think of, I, I, I have laid my hands on many, many people. I've prophesied to many, many people. Um, and and w- w- what am I doing? I'm throwing oil. When I meet somebody and I say to that person, man, you have a great gift of God in you and God's going to use you. What am I doing? I'm throwing oil. Come on. The other day I was um, uh, with my wife. I was in a hospital situation and there's a man there were several people in, in the elevator, and some of them went out, and some came in, and some went out again, and, and then there was one man left in the elevator, and I said to him, sir, I don't know why, but I want to say to you that um, there's an incredible gift in you, and you mean a lot to people, and God's going to use you mightily, and uh, thank you for what you do, and I just gave him, like, not in a prophetic, uh, typical church kind of wording, I, I just compliment him. And, and went on, and he went out, and later on I went out, and I was sitting with my wife, and about an hour, 45 minutes later, here comes somebody through the door, and who is the man? The man that came through the door is the man that we actually came to see, and we did not know it. And by the time we realized that we have an appointment with him, I already has oil on him. And to, when my oil was on him, immediately I gelled with him in a way, why? Him and I had something in common because he met somebody that threw oil on him through words that I threw on him in an elevator, not knowing that I'm going to need this man 45 minutes from now. Come on. When you, when you throw compliments and prophetic words and encouragement, you're throwing oil on people, and we need to, need to learn to do that more because you never know when you speak a word that can rescue somebody from being suicidal. You never know. I have, I have prophesied to people that has been suicidal just the other day again. Uh, and, and you never know what that means to that person. That Here you come and you tell them something from heaven that God shows you. And, and they walk out of that place. The burden is off their shoulders. My oil sits on them. And guess what? I am not, I cannot live their life. But I am going to get a memorial from God for what I've done to that person. And Jesus said, wherever this gospel is preached, it will be spoken. Come on, what am I doing now? I am now building her memorial. I am actually building her memorial by telling you what an important person she is. So we need to learn that if you cannot carry the dream, you can at least throw oil on the dream. Amen? And uh, so here we have Jesus and uh, we, when we go to verse 10, it says there, then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priest and betrayed him. Now, I don't want to talk about the betrayer too much, but um, every dreamer has a betrayer. And betrayers never come from your enemy. A betrayer always comes from the inner circle. That is what is so tough about a betrayer. It always comes from somebody you did not expect it from. But Jesus had it. I had it. I hope you never had it, but I had it. I know what it feels like when your dream becomes a threat. 
to someone and you don't know it. Because you think, man, God wants us to dream and God wants us to help the whole world. In the meantime, there's somebody that doesn't like it, like it, and it's normally somebody close to you. Now, I pray that you will not have such an experience, but Jesus had, had such an experience. And then battle dreamers have Calvaries. Calvary is a place where you die, but then you relive. You live again. We all have a Calvary at some point in our life where we think, this is it. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to get through this battle. I had, I had times in my life that I thought, this is it. I, I'm not going to make it. Why? Because God wants to see how far will you go even when you think you're not going to make it. When you look at Jesus in, in Gethsemane, I mean, even Jesus said, Father, if you can pass this cup, please let it pass. There comes a time that the battle dream in you almost take every inch of or every bit of strength out of you. But I want to say to you, if the battle is intense, your dream is worth. Your, if your battle is intense, your, your dream is worth going for. Never give up. Do you hear what I say? Never give up. You can be on social security and then your dream really come to pass. Welcome to the club. Amen? I'm a great social security graduate. I, don't have, I haven't got my certificate yet, but I hope I get one. I don't know whether I will get one, but anyway, so I'm just teasing, so don't worry. Now, so battle dreamers also have deniers. When you go to uh, verse 30, you will find Peter, and Peter said, uh, Surely I'll say to you that Jesus said to him, or let me go to verse 28, but after uh, I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. And Peter said to him, even if all are made to stumble, yet I will not be. And Jesus said to him, Surely I say to you that today, even this night before the, ear rose, uh, the, the, rooster, the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And, uh, but he spoke uh, more vehemently, uh, and he said, If I die with you, I will not deny you. And, and they all said likewise, and they came to a place which was called Gethsemane, and uh, he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. So now Jesus uh, said to Peter, you will, you will deny me. You will deny me because battle dreamers have deniers. Do you know what it feels like when, when, when you depend on people and you hear that they tell other people they don't even know you? That's bad. Oh, my goodness. When somebody knows me so well and they know everything about me and they come into a sitting discussion with a lot of people and when my name pops up, they will rather be quiet about me and rather not even show them that they know me. That's deniers. Amen? But sometimes people that are negative and deniers and betrayers actually confirm that somebody's carrying a significant dream. Because some dreams will re rescue humanity, but, but the same dreamer who rescued humanity had some opposition. Aren't you glad that Peter could not derail Jesus the dreamer? Aren't you glad that the, that, that the betrayer could not derail Jesus the dreamer? Because Jesus the dreamer, come on, if, 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 if his, uh, Judas was successful, I would not have been saved. But he was not successful. So I want to say to all the dreamers, hang on, don't give up. Because somebody else needs your dream. Somebody else depends on your business that's going to come out of your life and needs a job in the future that will come out of your business. So, can you see? It's, it's, it's more than just fivefold ministry. It's, it's for everyday life. Now, then when you go to Gethsemane, and, and, and I'm just going to read these few verses. It says he took Peter, James, and John, the PJJ club. 
didn't take the 12. He took PJJ with him. So, that, I mean, if you want to be in the PJJ club, your, name's, your name needs to be Peter, James, and John. But you will sometimes find out that even your inner, inner, inner circle club, even they will fail you. I'm not talking about this church. I'm talking about other churches again. Uh, then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch. And he went a little bit further and he fell on the ground and he prayed that if it's possible that the hour might pass. Even Jesus, the battle was so intense that he said, Heavenly Father, is there not a possibility that this can pass? Oh, church, I've been there several times, and I, my name is not Jesus, definitely not. I'd never carry the dream for humanity. I cannot care. No man can carry that. Only one dreamer could carry that. His name is Jesus. But I'm telling you, there were some times in my life that I thought I was a businessman. I thought, man, if I can just make money every day and buy myself a piece of land and just climb trees and just have a life, uh, that'll be awesome. But I'm telling you, once the battle, once the download comes, once the download comes, the calling of the Lord, you cannot reverse it. I'm talking about fivefold ministers now. It's like Pastor Lee. Why is he in the ministry? Not because he likes it every day. I tell you what, you don't want to work with people every day and all their problems. I'm so glad I'm not a pastor. <laughs> Why? Because I don't want to work with everybody's problems. Well, I have some other challenges. It doesn't matter where you are. When the download comes, the battle begins. And uh, can I tell you what? I cannot wait for Friday night when it's all over. And Saturday morning, I have a pastor from Brasilia. He's going to stay with me for a day, and then we're going to take him to the airport. But Saturday morning, when this thing is over, I'm going to breathe again, and I'm going to say to Naomi, Ah, I will probably not say never again because I've done that before. And then I regret that I've said never again. But at least until Christmas, I'm free. Why? Because the battle is intense. But what the battle, what the dream will do for other people is worth the intensity of the battle. And so um, he went a little bit further, fell to the ground and and, and he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you want. And then he came and he found them sleeping. So now, here comes Jesus out of Gethsemane, and his whole staff is sleeping. Come on, that's his staff. That's his, that's, that's his associate pastors, Peter, James, and John. That was the associates. Yeah. One of them was the executive pastor. I think it was Peter. They have that title. If they were assemblies of God, that's their titles. And they were all asleep. What will you do with your staff when they sleep when they're supposed to pray? Jesus had such staff members. They better, be, they better thank God they lived those days. Because I know pastors that's more fierce than Jesus. They will be fired. In America, in America that's the famous word, fired. you fired. You know where I come from? You don't tell somebody when you were fired. It's an incredible humiliation. Here in America, I've learned something. People will say, well, man, I was fired, but I've got another job now. And they fired me, and then I'm, but I've got another job now. I said, you've been fired twice? Are you that bad? I've learned in America, if you're fired, you're not bad. It's just part of the culture. I was fired. My job fired me. 
in, in South Africa and in England, if you fired, you don't tell anybody you were fired. You said, I resigned. But here in America, it's different. There's another word that you use that we don't use in our nations. You use it like even women here use that word. I will not use it from the pulpit. But women will say, well, I'm going to go now and I'm going to do this. I said, wow, this is bad in America. They have no manners when they use that word. That's a bad. I'm not going to go there. Anyway, so, so here they are, and uh, they are sleeping. And Jesus uh, said to them, could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray, lest you be in, enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Again he went away and he prayed and he spoke the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again. Second time, verse 40. They sleep again. Wow. You see, church, sometimes, and this is the test, when you carry a dream, sometimes you look around you for support and the people that you expect will give you support fell asleep. That's bad. Bible says, and when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. I had an experience with that this year. When I read that, and I was busy with the upper room, I would call a leader, and I would say, hey, brother, we need to get the upper room ready, and God's going to do something incredible, and hallelujah, brother, and this is what God is doing, and I've got so-and-so on board, and then I will hear on the other side, pastor, uh, well, brother, uh, well, yes, yeah, you know what, brother Andre, I will pray about this. Oh, I'm so sick and tired of that phrase. When they say, I will pray about this. You know what I feel like saying? Don't pray! Because you will not pray about this. It's just a way of getting rid of me on the phone. But you know what I've learned? The Bible says when Jesus came, they had heavy eyes. And I said, Lord, we need people that has open eyes for what you want to do. There's many people that have heavy eyes. I pray that you will not have heavy eyes when it comes to this church. I pray that you will not have heavy eyes when it comes to what needs to happen in this community. I pray that God will not find you with heavy eyes when it comes to the needs of this community and what needs to happen in these valleys and on these mountaintops. God is looking for people that will have eyes wide open so that when the call comes from heaven, you will say, Yes, sir, I know what you're going through, sir. I cannot carry your burden, but I've got some oil. Man, I, I, I cannot save humanity, but I can throw some oil on you. Come on. And, 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 and so... And I know what it feels like, and may God help me that when anybody comes to me and they bring a vision to me that I will not be the one that have heavy eyes, and I could have, because I need to be sensitive. This is a dreamer. This is a dreamer. This man carries a phenomenal dream. I cannot afford to give him the wrong answer. I must throw oil. Amen? I'm almost finished. Don't worry. Then you can go home. So Jesus said in verse 30, 41, Jesus said, my betrayer is at hand. Jesus knew exactly his timing. Even when that woman came into the house with the oil, Jesus knew that it is so prophetic, Jesus knew that certain people is already picking up 
The hour of the greatest dreamer the world has ever seen is near. And I want to say to you as a church, pick up on the hour we're living in, the day we're living in. Pick up and get your oil cans out so that, come on church, the, the modern day church in the West is fast asleep. Fast asleep. We're in a deep sleep. You know, when Mauritanians burned by oil, by their family, martyred for the gospel, I have pictures here of people dressed in Muslim clothing, washing the feet of one another. They will be in the upper room, Dr. Sushil Matthew, come from the Middle East. When you talk to those people, the moment you talk to them, you realize they have open eyes. When you say this and this and this is going to happen, I wish you could see the messages they send me, the voice messages. Oh, Brother Andre, we're coming. And just the messages, I can tell their eyes are open. They don't have it. They don't have the security that we have, but they feel an urgency. I have a man from Venezuela. He could not come. He was blocked. They would not give him a visa because they think he's a terrorist. He's not a terrorist. He's all over South America, but he's a great leader. Uh, and some others could not get visas. But I'm telling you, church, there are people in those countries that have open eyes for what needs to happen. And I pray that you will have open eyes and that I will have open eyes so that when the dreamer come, I will notice, hey, you've got a dream, Brent. I want to throw oil on you. I, I can honestly say I've got a lot of oil on a lot of people. Well, I, but I want to get some more oil on people. I can never do what they do. Some of them will have much greater ministries than what I've ever had. I will never accomplish. I don't know. I mean, I've got a young man here, Benjamin Arday. He started, I pray for SA. I pray for SA. Number four, I pray for. Now he's going to give us, I pray for USA. He's a friend of mine. He's a young man, 45, and uh, he's now in America. He's here for the upper room, paid his own ticket, paid his own hotels. They, he started, I pray for SA in South Africa because of what's going on there. They have more than 3 million followers within three months. I almost play you one of his clips tonight to, to, to show you. And I, when Benjamin spoke to me last night, Randy was in the car. Uh, he called me back. I spoke to Benjamin about the television program and the name that we chose. And I said to him, we will still use I, I Pray for SA and I Pray for USA and I Pray for Germany and I Pray for Canada. We're going we're gonna to get all of that. And, uh, and, and, and I, I said to him, Benjamin, you've got all my support in South Africa. Why? Because I want to have open eyes for his vision. Because I realized 3,000 hits in three months, something's going to happen in South Africa. But thank God I have a young man that has a dream. And I, carry, I cannot carry the dream for South Africa the way that he carries it. Because I carry the upper room dream. But his eyes is open for the upper room dream. And my eyes is open for I pray for SA. And together we're going to open up a lot of eyes for the bigger picture in the world. Why? Because we throw oil on one another. You do that thing, brother. And you throw some oil over here. And I throw oil over you. And I throw oil. Come on, church. And when we start to throw oil, we have dreamers and oil throwers all in the mix, and heaven will be populated. Amen? All the negative people that were in that house in chapter 14 that had all those evil agendas, all their agendas was actually a confirmation there's a dreamer in the house.
Because dreamers that'll change history normally attracts resistance. And when your resistance comes, stay faithful. Because your resistance is even a confirmation you've got something going. Come on. Even in the business world, if God gives you a concept and somebody's offended by what you're doing or that they try to be your, your enemy, stay faithful. Their body language is a confirmation that God has kissed your business. And if God is on your side, your business will flourish and theirs will go down because you're connected to the greatest dreamer the world has ever seen. Come on, because if God can dream through your business, God will, can benefit the kingdom of God. Are you with me, church? How many of you feel tonight you had a download? At some point in your life, you had a download, and that thing sits in you, and you cannot get rid of it. And I want to say to you, the battle in you is a good one. That battle in you is not in vain. But next time you see somebody, a young man, a young girl, or somebody that has some kind of gift, and you feel like, I just want to say something small to that person, throw oil. Because you never know where you always go, all will go. Jesus hang on the cross. He's dying. He's almost there. The manifestation is about to happen. He's almost ready to blow out his last breath. At the foot of the cross stood an oil thrower, a woman. She saw him hanging on the cross. She's going to see how he's going to die. She's going to see how everything will turn dark. She's about this close to see that she threw her oil on the right dreamer just before Jesus died. Hair hanging down, sweat, blood running down his body. Crown of thorns, blood running through his eyes. He smelled one more time. What did he smell? He smelled the most expensive oil you could ever have. He smelled it still sitting in his hair. And when he smelled it in his hair, and he looked through his blurry eyes and the sweat and the tears. And he saw that woman. He smelled her worship. And in his heart, he probably said, she came before him. She could not carry my dream. But she recognized I am the dream carrier. And I will die, but she will have a memorial. And I'm telling you, church, if I cannot carry your dream, at least I want a memorial because of your dream. God has just given me another word a few days ago on memorial. I wish I could have preached that here. But I want to say to you, if you don't have it, recognize somebody that have it. If you don't carry it, be a thrower. If you're a thrower, throw it on a carrier of a dream. Come on. You're either a carrier or you're a thrower. But both is important because both recognize one another. Come on. Amen? Are you with me? How many of you believe that there is a battle dream in this church for this community? I know you have another piece of land somewhere. There's a battle going on here. And the battle has something to do with that piece of land. And I want to say, do not give up on the battle. Do not give up on the dream. Do not give up. Come on. And daddies, when you carry the dream, let your children come and say, hey, dad, 
I notice that you have something from God. I want to throw oil on you. Are you with me? When I started in ministry, my daughter was four years old. I got a word that she's going to work for me one day. She's 36. She's never worked for anybody else but me. She's working for 18 years for me. What is she doing? I carried the dream, but she's throwing the oil. And because I carried a dream and she throws the oil, I speak back to her and I say, you will have a memorial. You will have a benefit. Come on. My daughter has a benefit out of this ministry. Why? Because she's given her whole life for this ministry. She started work for $300 a month. We had, we had a computer, and that's all we had, and a printer, and a lot of faith. And we started with nothing in 2001. I said, I'm going to give you $300 per month by faith. Now she's organizing a conference. She just worked with me today. She said, Dad, I'm working the whole day, but I'm going to take a break now, 4.30 this afternoon. She's, she's coordinating this whole conference with leaders all over the earth. Just three leaders from Ukraine came in this afternoon. We got the names. I cannot even pronounce those names. But she, she does it. She, she does every gift back for every international leader. Every air ticket, she, co she, co she coordinates everything. Why does she have the honor to do this? Because she recognized the dream carrier and the dream carrier. I said to her last week, I said, Amore, Daddy will take care of you when this is all said and done. I know what you have put into this. I told her that. And you can know it, amen. If you don't want to give me a dime to bless her, that's fine. I will get a dime somewhere. But I'm going to bless that oil thrower because she stood by me when all hell break loose. Come on. We all have oil throwers. And if we're not an oil thrower, we carry something. But we need to learn how to complement one another. And say, brother, when I came up here and I said, your pastor has an incredible gift in general to explain the word, to explain the apostolic prophetic. I wish I could hear that explanation in front of the leaders. It's so profound. What did I do? I just threw a little bit of oil on him. Come on. I just threw some oil on him. It didn't cost me anything. A compliment costs you nothing. Friendliness costs you nothing. Kindness costs you nothing. Being rude will cost you something. Because when you're rude, it's going to hit you back. But when you're kind, it's going to come back in a very kind way. What you sow is what you reap. Amen? How many of you say tonight, I want to stay on route. I want to stay on track. I want to carry this thing that God has put in me because other people will benefit from this. Come on, church. And when your betrayer come, don't spend time on your betrayers. Betrayers normally hang themselves without your help. You don't need to hang them. They'll hang themselves. Isn't that sad? Ah, uh, come on. When the dogs bark, don't stop. There's always dogs that's barking when somebody on a horseback comes by. There's an old legend out of Britain that said something to that effect. Can't remember what is his name now. But somebody said to him, what are you doing with the dogs bark? He says, I don't stop for dogs that bark. 
I have a purpose in life. Jesus sat in that room. There was all kind of bad people in that room, but Jesus said, I'm on a mission. I'm, I, I have a battle in me. And my battle is about to become so intense. Gethsemane waits a few hours from here. I will be in Gethsemane. A few hours from now, my sweat will turn into blood. A few hours from now, my staff will fall asleep. A few hours from now, Peter, whom I never expected from, will deny me. But I cannot be stopped. The dream that I carry is too important. But I have a woman who threw her last oil on me. Thank God there's always somebody. There's always somebody that is not like the majority. There's always somebody that is awake when everybody sleep. There's always somebody that feels the stirring in the spirit world. And I want to say to you, feel with me. There's a stirring in the spirit world. God is not finished with America. God is not finished with America. This nation is God, on God's agenda in the end time to reach, to do something phenomenal into the earth. How many of you realize that America carries a dream for the nations? I believe it with my whole heart. This, this nation has been birthed by God to take care of the gospel. Twofold mandate. Missions, Israel. I have a picture on my phone that I took in Israel in March. I wish I can show you what it is, but then you're going to think I'm political. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. I showed pastor before the service. But I took this picture in Israel, and it's all over Israel you find these pictures. It has something to do with America. And there's certain pictures on, that, on these billboards in, in, in Israel. And it has something to do with this nation right now and somebody in this nation. And when I saw it, I said, my Lord, my Lord, there's somebody. Come on, can I tell you what I saw? Massive banners, pictures. And it says there, Zion loves Trump. Can I tell you why you see that in Israel? Big clear. They make it very clear what they believe. It's because a few months ago, Mr. Trump had the guts to throw oil on Israel and move the embassy. Why? Nobody had the guts to throw that oil on Israel. He threw it on Israel, and God will build a memorial. And I saw it. I said to Naomi, we need to get a picture of this. And we stood in front of it. And we took the picture. Amen. I itched to put it on Facebook. <clears throat> I want to rub a few guys. But you know what? All throwers is willing to throw oil in the face of the betrayer because the betrayer was in that room. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were in that room. The religious spirits were in that room. And she decided, I don't care whether you agree with me. 
I'm going to throw oil on a man that all of you want to get out of the way, that all of you want to kill, that every one of you hate him. But three days from now, my oil on this man will prove to all of you naysayers that I heard from heaven and you had a hellish agenda. Am I preaching now? Come on. Let's be all throwers. Although we are in the minority, on the right day and the right time, heaven will prove us right. Amen. Stand on your feet just for a moment. Thank you.